ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. We have already had our standing between the living and the dead service. And so tonight, uh, God reminded me while I was conducting that service and preaching in that service that I was supposed to preach uh, also on the death and life of the greatest man who ever lived, John the Baptist. <clears throat> A very insightful message, and this is part five. You already changed it. This is part five in the long-running Just Jesus evangelistic campaign, which has taken different forms. It's all the same. It's all the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign. We may, God may lead me to change uh, the name as a mini-series. Um, prepare, I remember one series, one of the mini-series inside the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign was titled, How to Prepare to Meet Thy God, or uh, Prepare to Meet Thy God, uh, and there was another phrase to it, uh, get, no, get your house in order and prepare to meet thy God. And then we did 100 days based upon a hymn, uh, Care for the Dying, Care for the Dying. And uh, then, uh, of course, the standing between the living and the dead. Um, campaign is the longest running of the mini-series, approaching 1,000 services. <coughs> Pardon me, since the coronavirus plague came in. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is day... This is day 2,146 since January the 20th, 2017. Day 25, 2,531 since January the 1st, 2016. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14 verses 1 through 12. And I invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God, the Holy Bible, thus saith the Lord. Matthew 
At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. According to God's law, is not lawful for you to have her. We're not talking about man's law. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before instructed of her mother said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry. So he he did have a conscience. But a Jezebel, a fine Jezebel that you're not supposed to have, who has a fine daughter as well, uh, will make you override your own conscience. Make some men, many men, override their own conscience and get themselves into trouble with God. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison, and his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, And she brought it to her mother. Don't fool yourself, men and women, just like they're evil, wicked men, treacherous men. There are evil, wicked, treacherous women. And do you know today in evangelical circles, Baptist circles, Mainline Protestant circles, you would get in trouble for saying that. The people will treat you like John the Baptist and want to behead you because you said something against women. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, 
I pray, Lord, tonight, this morning, I praise you, Holy Father God, for allowing me to see, I believe it's now 44 uh, years of spiritual birthdays and uh, preaching anniversary and marriage anniversary as well. Make sure that's that's 44 years. December the 19th, 1979. And Holy Father God, I thank you for allowing me to see this day. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much. And I thank you for putting in my heart a long time ago, Lord, this principle that we pray what we mean and mean what we pray. And that's why there's such a warm feeling on the inside when I pray to you in private and in public. And I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love tonight. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, I praise you and I thank you for the millions and the many and uh, manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me and thus <coughs> my family and millions of other, well, hopefully millions of other Christians, thousands of other Christians living today. And Holy Father God, I pray for the thousands who are lost in the church and outside of the church. I pray that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior. For there are strange things going on today in places called churches. Many of them are the synagogues of Satan, as you said. And Holy Father God, I know those things are not popular, but we have to deal with these things. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you. Lord, as I communicated with all of my children today, and I, I thanked you in front of them for precious memories that you have blessed me to have <clears throat> about how you brought us through. And I reminded them not to forget what you did for them and how that you have brought us from a mighty long way this far by faith, which, which is a song we used to sing quite a bit in our services. And uh, I uh, told them that as Job prays for, prayed for his children, that they would not curse God or turn from God, I pray for my children in the same way. Thank you, Lord, for that 
blessed time of devotional and communication. Have your Holy Ghost and your Holy Word to continue to work mightily in their hearts and that they would reject the generational curses that have come down upon their pate, upon their heads and lives, that they would choose to love you back, fear you, and obey you on their own as adults. As you worked it out in my heart, I pray that you'll work it out in theirs as well. I pray for all of the families gathered around and on demand who will do the same for your glory, praise, and honor. And Holy Father God, I uh, praise you and thank you also that not, not only is this day my salvation uh, birthday, spiritual birthday, which is more important to me than my physical birthday, December the 19th, 1979, uh, not too, well, I, I didn't get saved until that evening, so it's not right at the exact moment, but uh, I thank you that is also my preaching anniversary, because you called me to preach, and I preached my first sermon on the streets of New Orleans. New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, uh, about two, three days after that, when we went out street preaching in New Orleans. And I have, by your grace, been preaching ever since. It is a divine miracle, a divine calling. And I'm more convinced now that you call people from their womb to do something in the earth. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for saving my wretched, undone, uh, wicked soul and calling me to be a preacher for you now for 40, oh, it's 43 years? Okay, 43 years, okay. Thank you, I hope that's correct. Uh, for some reason I thought it was 44. But Lord, you know, December the 19th, 1979, till now, sounds like it's uh, 43 years, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for all of the times you have allowed me to preach, gave me the energy to preach, souls that have heard the gospel preached and have gotten saved, Christians who have been encouraged to march on and to go on in you. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, uh, Lord, uh, you would have mercy and grace upon me and everybody who is truly saved and born again. Uh, Lord, uh, in my family and in this audience and on demand, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of all of our sins, our faults, and our failures, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh, and the old man within us, 
and fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for, I don't know why I have been forgetting it, but this is also not only my spiritual birthday, but my uh, anniversary of preaching, preaching anniversary, but also my uh, wedding anniversary. And uh, Lord, even though uh, we have not had a great marriage, uh, my wife, as I have said before to you privately many times down through the years, she has admitted it herself, not only to her children and me, but to even her family members, that uh, she has been the problem all along, and she has been a thorn in the flesh, uh, a, sadly, a messenger of Satan to try to hinder me in the ministry. She has never been successful at doing that, and that's uh, attributed to you. I know that that, is, that kind of praying, that kind of talking is not popular in the Judas Laodicean church with a bunch of divorced and remarried pastors and pastor's wives and church members, which they have endorsed and have created a ministry of divorce and out of divorce, which is not a ministry called Divorce Care. And it just so happens that by your grace and by your might and through prayer and the reading of your Holy Word, my wife and I are together here tonight on this, the beginning of this triple anniversary and birthday, serving you. Even though I do not believe my wife is saved, I pray for her salvation. I pray uh, that you would make her into a new creature. If she would humble herself and admit, and admit that she's religious and church-going, but not truly born again, and believe in you for real, and allow you to make her into a new creature. Not for me. Because the days when I really needed her to be that, when I was raising the children by myself, are past. For all of my children are on their own now. And uh, uh, the, we're supposed to be in the empty nest, is what they call it. And so, you know, it's, 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 she needs this for her own good not to help me or be a blessing to me, even though once she is born again, she will be a blessing. I do believe with all of my heart that all marriages where both parties are saved, not divorced and remarried, saved and born again, filled with your Holy Spirit, uh, I know for a fact that's a beautiful thing because, of, because you make it beautiful. Because with your being on the inside of the man and the woman, uh, they, they, uh, they have a mind to obey you. And so, Lord, I pray for the salvation of all of her family members. I pray for the salvation of all my family members. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of all family members who have gathered around and on various and sundry outlets 
and who are going to be on demand around the world through podcasts, video, and so forth. And Holy Father God, I praise you on this triple birthday anniversary. I praise you and I thank you for all of my children. For as I told them, I remember them in the sense of what you did with us and what you did for us coming up through very difficult days. And not so much today, uh, because you, as I promised you, I have given them back to you. And how they are today, good or for bad, is between them and you. And I do thank you, Lord, for all of them helping and serving in the ministry with me down through the years. By your grace, we accomplished a whole lot and did great exploits and have impacted the world as a family. Big time by your grace. And Lord, even to this very day, I thank you for the children who help in the ministry, who help me in the ministry and do so many wonderful things. Uh, Lord, is is nothing, it's something to me, but it's nothing for me to hear from three children with three different emails to support the ministry. That is, uh, these emails are designed to help the ministry. That's nine emails. And I thank you for the privilege of giving me, giving me the privilege to answer each one the other day. Uh, that's hard work that they do on a daily basis for your kingdom, for your glory, praise, and honor. And I am a blessed man. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that uh, you would uh, crucify our flesh for those of us who are saved, empty us of ourselves, but fill us with the fullness and the power of yourself, your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, tongues, attitudes, and temperaments that we would not sin against you. Lord, in front of the camera or behind the camera, behind the scenes, uh, in church and out of church, for Lord, you see us and you watch us all of the time. And so, Lord, help us all to act like true Christians if We be true Christians. If a person is not a true Christian, unfortunately, unfortunately, they cannot act like a true Christian all of the time. So they play the hypocritical game. They pray, or rather they play the pharisaical, Sadducee game, as I have seen my wife, Marika White, play for years. As you have seen her play, as my children have seen her play that game for years. As she knows She's played that game. And the only reason why she will not humble herself and believe in you and repent is because, like you said, for all other people, she loves darkness rather than light. She would steal rather steal my cashews than ask for them. Uh, not because she needs them, not because she has to steal them, 
but because of what Augustine said, how that when we're that way, we like the thrill of stealing. We like the thrill of doing evil. And so, Lord, I pray uh, tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife, Marika White, and uh, out of everyone else in my family, and out of the lives of people in this audience and who will be in this audience in this country and around the globe. And Holy Father God, thank you for showing me a long time ago uh, that uh, we would have people outside of the family, inside of the family, who will try to stop me from preaching. Uh, and that's what they really want me to do is stop preaching. But they will also and have also tried to keep your word bound by blocking me on social media and so forth. Uh, I thank you for the years when I had the liberty and the freedom to preach on all of the social media platforms. Uh, but this is their way of closing up their ears as they did, I believe, when they were stoning, when, when Stephen was preaching. I believe the Bible talks about how they closed up their ears. They don't want to hear, did not want to hear the truth. And they stoned him to death. And he was not even a, an apostle. And they stoned Stephen to death for preaching one of the most powerful messages ever preached. To the point that even you, Lord Jesus Christ, stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Lord, I don't know if you've done that for anybody else. But you did it for Stephen that day. And Paul, being on the, being on the enemy side, enemy side, the opposite side, he helped by holding their clothes and what have you. And evidently he had an impact upon Paul. So Holy Father God, help all of the people who are Judases and who are devils and woke people who are trying to block the preaching of your word to understand that you're, as Paul said, even though people are persecuting me and accusing, falsely accusing me of being an evildoer and have me in jail, the word of God is not bound. And Lord, I, I've been knowing that for many years. I have told my children, my children have heard me preach that. Other people, thousands of other people have heard me preach that. That a man can go out in the woods like John the Baptist and start preaching. And you're the one who gives him audience. No matter how many devils and Judases and woke people who try to hinder him and block it. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that your Holy Ghost, that you would bring these people under conviction to the point and not give them rest, that they will cease trying to hinder your word and be a blessing and have, help it to go forward. Sometimes 
in the past and in history past, uh, even the enemies of the cross were used by you to make sure the word continued. And so, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, I pray that you deliver us tonight throughout this day from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving around the world by your might, your power, and all that you do by the power of your Holy Spirit and all that you do to draw people to yourself. Continue, Lord, to uh, unleash your word even from a jail cell, even from the wilderness, even on social media when people try to block on social media, and I'm not the only one. There are others who have, uh, people have uh, tried to hinder them and block them uh, from getting your holy word out, the words of life. And, uh, Lord, have your holy word to continue to be uh, uh, not bound. And have it to travel freely across the country and around the globe. And, Holy Father God, I pray for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, and for the comfort of the grieving in the morning in this uh, country and around the globe. And Lord God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you as I share with my children tonight. I praise you and I thank you so much for giving me the pleasure of going through infirmities and tribulations and uh, uh, trials, temptations, tests, tensions and persecutions, distresses and afflictions. Thank you also for helping me to glory in my infirmities, persecutions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests and tensions. And thank you for blessing me with peace that passes all understanding which you've given me all of these years since I was born again, December the 19th, 1979. Peace that passes all understanding, joy unspeakable, and the cheerfulness that you talked about before you left, Lord, when you said, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And what I have noticed, Lord, is that more persecution, more tribulations, more trials, temptations, tests, and tensions, and uh, distresses and afflictions come when you are using a man to have an impact in the world, all around the world, with the gospel, with your word, and with your wisdom. 
and uh, uh, instructions to world leaders and all of that. And uh, I give you the glory for it. I glory in it. At the same time, Holy Father God, I pray, as I've always prayed, that you would work divine miracles and uh, bless us with the things that we need to carry on in the ministry and in the work. We pray that you will work a divine miracle and bless us with $21,000 to buy new equipment, to make some repairs, to make things go smoothly, decently, and in order. And Holy Father God, I also pray that you deliver us from our distresses and afflictions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. Deliver us from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles, and difficulties. Grant us, Lord, your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray without ceasing. And Holy Father God, I pray and I thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. And I thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy, love, and grace in the midst of chastisement and rebuke of us. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, pave the way for us throughout this day. I pray that you grant us a major productive day, a safe day, and a victorious day. I thank you for your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless and protect all of my family, all of my children especially, Danny, Daniel, and Anita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, Duran, Danielle, and Quasia. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with many children. And Lord, uh, I pray that you will help them to grow in the faith. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Protect my family, Lord, and other families that name the name of Christ from the coronavirus plague, the monkeypox plague, the flu plague, the RSV plague, the other plague that's in impacting children's lives, and some children are dying. Do the same for other people. And Lord, help the government to stop lying and, and help the media to stop lying and help people to tell the truth so people can be warned and can protect themselves. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would uh, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil and from the demons of hell tonight, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, evil people in the world. Cover us and cleanse us in the precious blood of Christ, and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. Surround us with the band of your holy angels. 
place upon us the whole arm of God and have everything we do and say to be done for your glory, praise, and honor. For the glory, praise, and honor of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name I do pray. Amen. Right there? Yeah, that's good. Ladies and gentlemen, for this sin, that is the sin that Herod was committing before God, before his constituency, before Caesar, before the whole world. God called upon the prophet John to rebuke him. For this sin, John reproved him, rebuked him, not by tacit and oblique allusions, not using euphemisms, but in plain terms. And I believe all of the great prophets and all of the great preachers of all time, use plain terms. They are, they, they are very simple, use very simple terms to make things clear. It is not lawful for thee to have her, John said. He charges it upon him as a sin. It is not honorable to do what you're doing. Or it is not safe to do what you're doing. You have your brother's wife. And he was still living. Now let me tell you something. That would be ugly even in this day and time. That's just not right. Your, your, your brother gets a divorce from a captivating woman and you're so captivated by her, you take on as your wife. The devil is a lie and you still living. One of the most horrible episodes in the Frasier franchise. And it was not funny at all to me. Was when Frasier's wife came to visit and scared the daylights out of everybody because her husband was leaving her for somebody else. In fact, I believe her husband was leaving her for another man, which really damaged her self-esteem. And uh, Frazier was very tempted, but he was trying not to commit a sin because they were divorced. 
because she and she she dressed very provocatively. Niles had just lost his wife, Maris, and uh, Lilith, which comes from hell. The name comes from hell, and uh, had come back and. She was working her wiles on Fraser and and Niles, the brother, Fraser's brother, was uh, trying to keep Fraser back from committing fornication or whatever that is called. When you have been divorced and your wife has been married, there's, there's something wrong with it. And because both of them, their egos were hurting, that is Niles and Lilith's, Ego was hurting. Niles is Fraser's brother. Lilith is his former wife. Lo and behold, the scene came up where both Lilith and Niles were in bed together. And they blamed it on a psychological reason. They were so down low and so depressed that they fell in each other's arms, uh, which is an abomination. And uh, and I don't know how they forgave each other of that. He, he forgave, Fraser forgave his brother of that. I don't think that is something that uh, a brother might somehow later on down the road forgive, but he, he I don't know how you're going to have fellowship after that. So they had had sex that night, and it was an abominable episode, shocking episode. Uh, one of the reasons why Frasier is so popular, I think even above Seinfeld, is because the writers were geniuses, absolute geniuses. But in this case, they went too far, as far as I'm concerned. For that is disgusting. And what Biden's son did with her, with his brother's wife when he died, that, that to me is, to me, worse. Here you are having sex with your brother's wife. You already married. <coughs> and your brother just suffered a brain tumor. And died. And you immediately, I mean, he's not even in the ground good. You're running after your brother's wife. That's evil. <clears throat> John dealt with a situation like that, John the Baptist. But it is not lawful, John the Baptist said. The sinfulness of sin, as it is the transgression of the law, is the worst thing in it. This is nothing. Basically, John the Baptist was saying to Herod, this is nothing personal. Herodias is just against God's law, and God put me here to tell you that. Oh, I wish we had some John the Baptists today. We wouldn't be in the mess we're in today. One of the things, two things that pastors don't understand, 
That's why they don't need to be dealing with politicians, <coughs> lying politicians. Pastors are not equipped to deal with politicians like a prophet is. Why? Because they want to have a lovey-dovey relationship. They want to be liked. They don't want to say anything to offend the politician, the president, the governor, or whoever. But they need to be told the truth, and if they get offended, they get offended. And you'll see that in a minute. And so I, I have basically written an article and several articles and told pastors, don't get involved with presidents, governors, calling yourself an advisor to them because you turn out to become a sycophant, a yes man. And that's not what the president needs. All of the hellaciousness that has happened could have been stopped, could have been, been, been taken care of, and everything could have turned out real well if pastors trying to be prophets but becoming sycophants had told President so-and-so what to do. See, see, God's man tells the president what to do without fear or favor. Uh, just like God is not a respecter of person, God's messenger uh, has to be a person like that. Not a respecter of persons. And it's in them. They don't look at the president or the governor as over them. In fact, they know that they are under them. That's how, you know what made Billy Graham great? That's, that's what made him great. He was not in awe of anybody. The queen, the king, the president, presidents, over and over again, presidents. He was not, in, he was not, he was not impressed with them. Because he knew that he had a mission from God. And, and, and he didn't care about being liked. We got 10, 20 pastors up there wanting to be liked and want to make sure they invited to the Christmas party. But if you say anything uh, crossways to the president, you won't be invited. And you become a sycophant. He tells you what to say and what to do. And you have made a mess of things, these false prophets. Pastors trying to be prophets. Now, God never told you pastors to be a prophet, but God did tell you to, be, to do the work of an evangelist. God never told you to do the work of a prophet because you don't know how to do that. Because you want to be loved and liked and hugged and embraced. And so you're just going to sit there and be happy and thankful that you're sitting around the table with the president. Prophets don't care anything about that. Don't care anything about that. In fact, in fact we, we, uh, we are not impressed with that at all. A true prophet can care less. John the Baptist could care less, uh, you, whatever you call yourself, Tetrarch, whatever, it don't matter to me. 
You're wrong, man. And this is a problem. See, John the Baptist told him he was wrong because that this is a problem, man. You're causing other people to sin. You're causing other people to doubt your authority doing some mess like this. This should not be displayed in front of anybody, any people, not only the Jews, but all people. <clears throat> As a leader, you cannot carry yourself like this, man. This is, and this is gross sin. Divorce and remarriage is a gross sin, but this is doubly gross. That which by the law of God is unlawful to other people is by the same law unlawful to princes and kings and pastors and priests and queens or whoever. And the greatest of men, as they call them, themselves but men. It makes no difference who you are, family, friend, foe, mother, father, uh, whoever. If you go against God and you go against the law of God, uh, I can't roll with you or any man's wife because she's a Jezebel. Prophets stand up against Jezebels. Don't fear Jezebel. Don't fear your wife and don't fear anybody else's wife. You tell the truth. You stand flat-footed. Flat-footed and tell the truth. You are a man. They who rule over men must not forget that they are themselves but men. That's the president, that's the governor, that's the mayor. And most pastors, they get all enamored and all sucking up to these men. Like they, uh, and, and, and it's just, it's sad. And they leave you in their wake, broken up, disgusted, mad that you supported them and everything else. Making you look silly and making you look stupid. Mere men and subject to God themselves. I, I mean, I'm not trying to put you in subjection to me. I'm, I'm just God's messenger. I have to tell you the truth lest I get in trouble with God. What, and what, what compels a man, what moves a man to cause himself to get into trouble for rebuking the president, the governor, the king, the queen, and other people. You know they're going to come after you. God is the one who moves him. God is the one who gives them, gives them the ability, ability to say what needs to be said. God is the one who wants it said through the prophet, the man of God. It is not lawful for thee any more than for the meanest man, the littlest man, the, the, the smallest subject, 
thou hast to debauch another man's wife. And I don't know what's wrong with men who want... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't know what is in a man's mind who... First of all, I don't know why a man would marry a woman who is not a virgin and divorce like Harry. And you mark my words, this is going to end up tragically. This is going to end up in a divorce. I've already said it. And I and, and, and I, I, I do believe they look like they're in love. Crazy in love. <clears throat> they do. And if that's the case, I'm glad for them. But uh, <clears throat> because of the evil that they have done <clears throat> and the disrespect that they have shown and the fact that this woman was married to another man and been with other men, uh, that's that, that that kind of thing wears on a man. No doubt he's one of these woke men who feels like, you know, well, I did some bad things too. That's number one. I don't know what, why a man would choose to marry a woman who is divorced and who has been the wife of another man. And... I don't know why a man would want to uh, marry a virgin. <coughs> I mean, a woman who's not a virgin. <coughs> Some of this stuff is nasty, people. You don't know what you're getting. And whatever it is, they're going to hide it from you. See? So, you might want to go and marry a woman from another culture who uh, has been raised up to keep herself pure. And to do that, and I know that there are some women in America who hate me for saying things like that. You say, well, that's just not right. That's just not fair. I agree. But much of life is not fair. That's the way it is. And, 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 but, but especially wanting to marry another man's wife after she has been with that man in so many different ways and settings. That is very, that's a very dumb idea to me. Because I doubt very seriously if you're ever going to match up to her husband and make her forget her husband with all the things they've done. I doubt it. And that, that's going to be a problem. You know what? You know what? A, a, a man like Harry will ask after a little while, by and by. Uh, well, how am I sexually compared to your husband, your first husband? There you go. And Megan's going to say, I, "I don't want to talk about that." Why not? There you go. There you go. And then when the heat is on. That becomes a problem with a man, and most men are that way. Don't don't let them fool you. They don't fool me. That's going to come up, but that's the wrong time for that to come up, my friend. That's wrong for you to marry the woman. This asking question like that. You need to ask those questions beforehand.
Because if she's having sex with you and you find her daydreaming about the man she used to be with, you're going to be in trouble. That's a problem for both of you. It's nasty, people. That's just nasty. That's why, see, this is one of the reasons why God don't want you to be doing stuff like that. Because that's nastiness. And people do it so much today, oh, that's not nasty. Everybody does that. Married and remarried and all of that. Mm-mm. And it's one thing to commit adultery with somebody, and it's a one-time thing, a two-time thing, but to get married to the person and then live in adultery, come on, man. That's ridiculous. Really, when you look at it from God's perspective, that's ridiculous. Both are evil, even if it's one or two times. But if you're gonna, now you're going to lock it down into a marriage, another marriage. That knowing does not work. You know why? A man might can go on because he's a doggish man, but a woman, you can, do, you can say what you want, brother man. She's never going to forget her first husband. That's not happening. And she's never going to forget her first time. And if she's been divorced and now remarried, she's, she's been opened up before. One thing to marry a single woman who might not be a virgin, but to marry a woman, you know she's been with a man big time. See, it's against God's law. And I believe one of the reasons why it's against God's law because it's nasty. You don't know what is you don't know what you're getting. There is no prerogative. No, not for the greatest and most arbitrary kings. To break the laws of God, it doesn't matter who you are. And I've told King Charles III, you can read it in, just type in Daniel White III tells King Charles III you need to abdicate the throne because you don't have the moral authority to rule the kingdom. Because you took another man's wife, debauched her, took her publicly, And married her, so-called. And here you are, the head of the church. You can't be the head of the church doing mess like that and having that kind of record. And you're living in adultery with another man's wife. Why would I bring that up? Why would I say that? You say, well, that's none of your business. Well, it is my business if God tells me to say it. I wouldn't say it if God didn't tell me to say it. I, I don't want to be in the, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already, uh, people are already slowing me down on Google, blocking me on this and that and the other. And, and I know that's one, of, that's a part of it. The things that I say uh, internationally to presidents, such as the Chinese president, the the China, president of China, president of Great Britain, uh, President Biden, the Churchillian Jew, President uh, Zelensky, President Putin. Uh, I, I'm the one that predicted the world war was going to come. I mean, uh, just, well, I predicted that three, four countries were going to destroy America, and that still may happen. I'm trying to prevent that from happening, even though I predicted it over what, 10 years, 11 years ago, 12 years ago? But see, just because I predicted something 
I'm still a Christian and I want to prevent that from happening because it's going to be bad for a lot of people who are not saved. And hopefully people in America will repent for the evil that they have done. If princes and so-called great men break the law of God, it is very fit they should be told of it by proper persons, people who have been anointed and appointed by God. Let me tell you something. If you're not anointed and appointed by God, you're not going to say anything because you're just a hireling. See, uh, People don't like you when you tell them stuff like King Charles III. I've been telling him this for over two years. I told his mother not to make him king. And already things are unraveling. This is just, uh, it's a mess. It's going to continue to be a mess. He doesn't have the moral authority to rule over the church and the kingdom. Everybody knows it. All the bishops know it. Everybody, all the church, everybody knows it. It's not going to work out. See, the reason why... God tells a prophet to tell people what to do. Kings, queens. I told the queen what to do. Makes no difference. And I, I, I like living a peaceful, quiet life. I don't want folks bothering me. But I do know that because of things I've said, I'm being blocked in the UK, being blocked in America, being blocked. Where else? I'm not being blocked in China yet, thank God. In fact, my numbers have increased. Um, but that's what happens, see. If I didn't say these controversial things to these leaders, then I wouldn't be bothered. They wouldn't bother me. But one of the reasons why God tells a prophet like John to say something about stuff that some people would think that's not even in your prayer, uh, in your uh, 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 your ministry, why are you dealing with that? Why are you dealing with that? I thought you were supposed to announce the coming of Jesus Christ. Why are you why are you dealing with it? It's not out of that. It's a matter that that's not going to work. See, God does not like His people to do stuff that doesn't work and makes things go badly. It doesn't work. It's going to cause problems for millions of people. Thousands of people. That's why God moves upon the heart of the prophet to say things to anybody who's messing up. I told the president of Taiwan, you need to become the Virgin Islands of China. Don't be trying to fight China. And, think, and, and don't think that America is coming over to save you. The cavalry is not coming. Why? Because we're not the greatest generation. We can hardly get people to come and fight for us. Calvary's not coming and they're going to treat you just like they treat Ukraine. They don't want to get into China. What, a billion people? We don't have that many people. All they, got, <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have to drop a nuclear bomb. They can just parachute 2 million people into your country and parachute, what, uh, 10 million an hour? I have to drop a bomb to drop the people. And it's over. What? 
And they look at you, the soldiers look at you like, what, what, okay. You, you're now China, yours, hey. <laughs> what? You're, we're annexing you. <laughs> yeah, they dropped 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, 100 million people. And I parachute them out, it's over. What you gonna do with that? Try man knock on the door. Yes, I'm from uh, China, and we're annexing the USA, so uh, here's your card. Card? <laughs> you need to carry this with you so we know who you are. How did you get it? I got it from TikTok. <laughs> That's how I got it. Okay, so America, America is not stupid. Plus, uh, we have sinned so much against God in America that I, I've told President Biden, don't get into it with anybody. Don't be trying all this blustering uh, and saber rattling you're doing. You can't do that. Do not get into a war with Russia. That means don't be don't be sending soldiers over there to fight in the Ukraine. I told him that up front, he, and he's been obedient. Don't get into a war with China. Stop lying to Taiwan. You're not going over there to help them. And by the way, the people in Taiwan, they can call themselves Taiwanese all they want to. They're Chinese. They're family. It's a, it's a family squabble. And, 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 and President Xi Jinping Yes, he is a dictator, but he, he went to college in Iowa. <clears throat> he acts like he has more sense than people who are not dictators. So, I mean, to me, he seemed to be a reasonable, reasonable man. And so I told the president of Taiwan, let's cut out all of this saber rattling and, 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 and fighting. He's got a billion plus people over there. And you have, what, 28 million? Uh, what you need to be doing is stop calling the USA and trying to ask them to help you. That's too far to go, man. And you need to call Chi and do some back channel uh, uh, talking <laughs> real fast, okay? And bring the family back together and, and say, and see, I, I told you, you ought not even want America to come on there and risk their lives fighting against China. That's ridiculous. This is a family squabble. Become the Virgin Islands of China. Uh, negotiate religious freedom. And that's pretty much all you need to negotiate. And get that in writing. And, uh, and then invite the billion people from China to come to your island and chill. And you make billions. And get rich. And stop acting stupid. It's ridiculous. We don't need to be talking about that. And Henry Kissinger, he said the same thing. He said the same thing. And he's the greatest Secretary of State, Secretary of America. 
I mean, Secretary of State and Secretary of the World since Joseph in the Bible and Daniel in the Bible. If princes and great men break the law of God, it is very fitting they should be told of it by the proper persons. Everybody who's a preacher can't tell. They're not going to tell. The, they don't even know to tell the president what to do. Have no clue. God has to give you that ability, that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding, and all of that. And it ought to be done in the proper manner. As they are not above the commands of God's word, so they are not above the reproofs of his ministers, his prophets, his preachers. It is fit that by those whose office it is, they should be told what is unlawful and told with application. Tell them what they need to do to fix it. <clears throat> now, this is shocking to, uh, to, to people today, but you know what uh, uh, that Herod should have done? Gave, gave his brother's wife back, if he wanted her back, but get her out of his house. Thou art the man, for it follows there that God, whose agents and ambassadors, faithful ministers and prophets, are are accepteth not the persons of princes, nor regardeth the rich more than the poor, uneducated, uh, educated more than the uneducated. It makes no difference to the man of God, because it makes no difference to God. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you so much for your holy word that cannot be bound. And uh, Lord, I pray that you will help us to remember your holy word, meditate on it, understand it and comprehend it uh, as it has been preached. And Lord, help us to obey it, to follow it, and to apply it to our lives. Raise up men of God, like John the Baptist, to tell everybody the truth and to proclaim the truth of the gospel so that others may come to know your Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend, when John the Baptist came on the scene, the first word he, uh, first message he preached was repent. Why? Because contrary to what people think, God is very interested in your repenting. And so today, if you're not saved, you need to repent. You need to understand that you are a wicked, evil, depraved sinner, as I am. So is the Pope. So is the Dalai Lama. So is even Joel Osteen. We are all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. And everybody is going to die. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. These are words, people, that I'm sharing with you tonight from the Bible. I never heard when I was growing up. We were very religious, going to church every time the church doors opened. But I never heard. It's so sad to be so lost and so confused. And yet still going to church every time the church doors open. This will liberate you to understand that the wages of sin is death. It is appointed on the man once to die, but after this the judgment. Why do we die? We die because of our sins. That's what the passage is saying. We are sinners by nature and by choice. We have done evil in God's sight. We have broken his commandments. As John was telling Herod, we have transgressed. We have committed trespasses by lying, by stealing, by lusting after people and things. Herod lusted after his brother's wife and somehow got her. He coveted his brother's wife and somehow got her. That's very evil. But that happens across this country and around the globe. And uh, people have dishonored God, disobeyed God, dishonored him by taking his name in vain, lying on God, saying, God is my witness. I affirm it before God that he knows I did not do that. Putting your hand on the Bible and lying on God Almighty, which should never be done. Dishonoring, disrespecting, disobeying parents as well. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, all of these are sins that people have done down through the years. Proving that we are wicked, evil, depraved sinners. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful place called earth that's hanging out in space on nothing but his power and his word. He will also allow you to go to hell to burn forever if you don't believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. He will allow you to go to hell and burn forever if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And hell is a very real place whether you believe it or not, your unbelief will not change the fact that hell is real. Jesus Christ never lied in a few days, the whole world will shut down because of this man named Jesus Christ that they have never seen before. But they know he's real. Walmart does not close down 
except it be for the birth of Jesus Christ. He never lied. He cannot lie. And uh, he preached more on hell than all of the prophets, than all of the apostles in the Bible. He preached more on hell than he preached on heaven. And he always, uh, when he preached on hell, emphasized the fire and the burning in hell because it is a real place. And here's what he said to help you to understand how to get saved from hell and saved to heaven. For he said the most loving words in the history of the world. He said the most magnificent words in the history of the world. He said the most important words in the history of the world to mankind. When he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, <clears throat> but have everlasting life. Salvation is a free gift. You cannot work for it. You cannot go to enough. Pardon me. You cannot go to enough church services for it. You cannot give enough money for it because you don't have enough money to pay for it. You cannot uh, get baptized enough. Baptism can't save you. Religious activity can't save you. Working in the church can't save you. Only belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do what Jesus Christ told you to do, not anybody else. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, the word whosoever means anybody, at any time, that includes you. Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. Whosoever believeth in him, that means to have faith in him, to trust in him, to uh, depend upon him. That's all you need to do to get saved. Call on his name as you believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart if you want to get saved tonight, wherever you are. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I admit that I am a sinner. And that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I've done evil in your sight. Repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my wretched soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I... Now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. 
Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, believing in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's the only one who can save you. I can't save you. Nobody else can save you. Only Jesus Christ. If you believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. I got saved on this day myself, December the 19th, 1979. And it was the greatest thing I ever did in my life. It changed my life and my family life dramatically by His grace. And I give Him all of the glory, the praise, and the honor for saving my soul. And one day you'll say the same thing. I've never met a Christian, a true Christian, who said they regretted believing on Jesus Christ. He never has disappointed anybody. And I'm ho I believe that millions have been saved by his grace. And so, dear friends, to help you grow in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, in your newfound faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and tap on the book, a free book, titled, What to Do After I Enter Through the Door. Read that book. It's a free download, and it will tell you everything you need to know to get started. Then after that, go to the podcasts that are populating at the bottom, and that will lead you to thousands of podcasts uh, with nearly 50 different subjects that will help you to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. Also, you can email us from that same site and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. If you have a prayer request, send that in and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, dear friend of mine, God bless you. Lord willing, uh, today, later today, I'll be preaching again on my 43rd or 44th spiritual birthday, I have to check what my wife does and make sure it's right. Uh, my, but it's my 43rd or 44th spiritual birthday, December the 19th, 1979. Uh, and it's my preaching anniversary because God called me to preach soon thereafter. And uh, I, I received the call and accepted the call. I was reluctant because the last thing I wanted to be, as I've told you many times, was a preacher like my dad. And I know he was shocked 
on earth, and I'm sure he's shocked in heaven that I turned out to be a preacher preaching now for this many years. It also happens to be my wedding anniversary to my wife uh, of 35 years. Uh, 35 years, and we're still here, and she's with me tonight. And even though it has not been a great and wonderful marriage and uh, so forth, it is, uh, there's something to say about staying together 35 years. Only done by the grace of God. And God can do it for you as well. And so, thank you for being with us tonight. And Lord willing, I'm going to get some rest. Take it easy for a while and I'll be back here preaching uh, later on today. Uh, remember to pray without ceasing. Meditate on the word of God without ceasing. And remember the motto of the Marines, for Fidelis, be always faithful for your king as they are faithful for their nation. And remember the motto of the Air Force, yea, the Space Force, Semper Supra, always above. The Air Force motto is aim high. That's a good motto too, but it's not as catchy as the Latin mottos. Uh, keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. Don't get discouraged because other people are not serving the Lord and um, so forth. You keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord and keep, uh, and God will keep your heart and mind in perfect peace. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, uh, remember to pray for us. If God has blessed you with uh, abundance of finances, we're trying to raise $21,000. And uh, some of you can do that by yourselves, and that would be a great blessing. There's a way to pay on Facebook, on BCNN1, and other places, and uh, we would appreciate your help. We need new equipment, repairs, and a host of other things. So pray for us and help if you can. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. And this is a good day to help out. This is my spiritual birthday, spiritual my preaching anniversary, and uh, my wedding anniversary. So if there's ever a time uh, that you can help out, this will be a, a, the great, the best time because my spiritual birthday is way more important than my physical birthday. So pray about it and see what the Lord tells you. God bless you, God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as the music plays. <laughs>